here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Man, I've been chomping at the bit to speak to you folks. I want to thank all my wonderful substitute hosts for filling in. we got to get down to business. There's a lot going on, and uh, we together, you Levinites, we can figure these things out going into this new year. We're going to be more aggressive, more informed than ever before. And that's saying something, isn't it, for you Levinites out there? From the border wall to the so-called shutdown and all the rest, the left has gone nuts. And by the way, I don't just mean within the Democrat Party. I mean in the media. I have to listen to this network news that many of you probably don't get. And it's as if they take their script from Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. It's repulsive. They're repulsive. And the media have gotten despotic. They censor people. They decide what issues are permissible to discuss now and what issues are not. And if you disagree with the media and the Democrat Party, one and the same, you're a denier. Or you're a white supremacist. Or you're stupid. Or whatever the case may be. Now, the President of the United States wants to give a speech to the nation. 9 p.m. Eastern Time tomorrow night. On the border issue and the so-called shutdown issue. I call it so-called shutdown because the vast majority of the government is open. And the media have been reporting on this incessantly. Most of us don't even realize the government is quote-unquote shut down. But we all realize the border's open. And so they want to hear what the president has to say when he's leaving the White House or he's getting on a helicopter. They're yelling questions at him. At a press conference, they're yelling questions at him. They're yelling questions at his surrogates. Sarah Huckabee Sanders and others. But now the president says, all right, look, I want to explain to the American people what my position is without being filtered by you. And so now they're debating the four major networks, or is it three, whether or not to give the president this airtime. And if they give him the airtime, should they allow the Democrats to reply? Now, folks, this isn't a State of the Union speech where the Democrats get to reply and so forth. The Democrats are all over TV like an army of stooges saying almost exactly the same thing. The Republicans, as usual, are in disarray, each one for him or herself, on this issue. I think it's extremely important that the president speak to the American people. Doesn't much matter what the Democrats say afterwards. Doesn't much much matter what the media say afterwards. Because we know what they're going to say. But they are constantly 
bastardizing the president's comments and arguments. Now, this is a position I have supported for a long time. On November 27, 2018, I raised this. Now, I don't do this to pat myself on the back. I do this because I think it's important. And so November 27th, this is what I said. Go ahead. I want to give some advice to the president and his staff over the airwaves here. It's time for a very thoughtful, compelling address to the nation. An address to the nation, 20 or 30 minutes in length. In which you, Mr. President, you take the high road and allow the media to keep biting at your heels like chihuahuas. And explaining to the American people that the Democrats simply will not help you secure the border, that the Democrats simply will not help you prevent illegal aliens from pouring into the country, many of whom are violent criminals, and that you have responsibilities, the Commander-in-Chief, to protect this nation. And because the Democrats don't take their equal responsibility of funding this uh, as seriously as you do, that this is the only way that you have as a constitutional matter to force the issue. And there you have it, right, Mr. Producer? Does that end it? Okay. Now, we said more, but I don't want to bore you with the whole thing. And I suspect this will be a well-thought-out speech. And he should stick to it. Stick to it. No, no need to ad-lib. Stick to it. And he has also brought up the President of the United States, the possibility of declaring a national emergency. That is, we have lawlessness on the border, we have organizations, some funded by Soros, some funded by us, some funded by states, that is us, the federal government, that are organizing these marches toward our border of tens of thousands of individuals from time to time. When you have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people, in fact, over a million people a year coming into this country illegally, and we don't know who they are, we don't know what their backgrounds are, we don't know if they're sick, we don't know if they're going to go on welfare, we don't know anything. Because they're coming in illegally and they're violating our immigration laws, they're violating our national sovereignty. Well, yes, in my view, that's a basis for calling a national emergency. Now, you had... So-called journalists on television and so-called members of Congress immediately run to the microphones, immediately get in front of the camera saying, that's not legal. President can't do that. And even if it is legal, the president shouldn't do that. Now, what kind of a lame argument is that? The fact of the matter is the president and his lawyers can make a case can make a case under federal law. There's actually a pretty good piece in USA Today by William Cummings and John Fritz. It's being cited a lot, but people never give attribution to people who write, who do the hard work, who put the information out there. So the president can test the national Emergencies Act of 1976 
And under the law, the president must cite the specific emergency powers he's activating under existing statutes. And by the way, there are dozens and dozens of reasons that he can, in fact, trigger it. According to the Congressional Research Service, and I printed out their report and I read it, all 20-some pages, there are hundreds of provisions of federal law delegating to the executive extraordinary authority in time of national emergency. Under the powers delegated by such statutes, the president may seize property. That's kind of scary for the leftists out there. Organize and control the means of production. Seize commodities. Assign military forces abroad. Institute martial law. Seize and control all transportation and communication. Regulate the operation of private enterprise. Restrict travel and in a variety of ways control the lives of U.S. citizens. That's the Congressional Research Service. I said Congressional Research Service back in 2007. That's pretty damn scary. President doesn't have any intention of doing any of those things. He wants to secure the border. There's a political party in this country that does not. There's a political party in this country that does not believe in American sovereignty. They do not believe in law and order. They do not believe in American citizenship. They believe in empowering themselves and the Democrat Party, turning purple states blue and red states purple. That's what it's all about. Democrat Party first. Quite frankly, just like the communist regimes, party first. And the reason they want party first, because that is the institution through which they advance their progressive agenda. Party first, Democrat Party first. And it is wholly, solely under the control of the hard left, the progressive radicals now. So the power of the Democrat Party is more important than the country itself. It just is. Now, Congress can terminate a declared emergency, but it requires a joint resolution. That's a high hurdle. You're going to have to convince the Senate Republicans to do it, although there's enough enough, uh, cowards over there that they might just buckle. So there's nothing extraordinary about this. It's been done dozens and dozens of times, not respecting the border and the border wall, but respecting all kinds of other issues, including matters of war. Now, if I didn't tell you this, you wouldn't even know it. Because they don't tell you this on cable TV. They don't tell you it on network TV. They don't even tell you it on radio. You can look it up yourself. I just gave you the sources. August 30, 2007, CRS report for Congress, National Emergency Powers. Google it. Or Google the USA Today piece. President Trump could declare a national emergency, but would that get him funds for a wall? USA Today by Cummings and Fritz. You see, the amazing thing is this. If you listen to our media, and shame on you if you believe what you listen to, that's a propaganda machine. This president is doing things that are despotic, that are unparalleled, that's never happened before, like his attack on the press. This president's attack on the press is nothing but rhetorical. You should see what past presidents have done to the press, including Barack Milhouse, Benito Obama, tapping phones, intercepting communications, trying to imprison reporters for the New York Times and and other publications. Yet they still love him. They still slobber all over him. Why? Because he's a radical progressive, and so are they. So they're willing to overlook that. Or they're willing to overlook 
FDR's internment of Japanese Americans. They're willing to overlook Woodrow Wilson's censorship operation against them. Because in the end, they believe in the goals, in the policies. Not so with Trump. They despise him. So they say he's a threat to the media. How so? By calling him out by name? Reporters and media outlets that deserve to be called out by name? How so? Or if he, if he triggers this emergency action, he's dictatorial. He needs Congress. No, he doesn't. Now it can be litigated. Congress can reverse with the joint resolution we just discussed. But this law is in place. It's been in place for over 40 years. And before that, it was in place too under a different statutory nomenclature. Lincoln used it. Others have used it. So that's simply not true. And none of this would be necessary. But for the fact that under Article 1 of our Constitution, the House of Representatives, now in the hands of the radical leftists, Nancy Pelosi and that crowd, refuses to appropriate the funds to protect this country, to protect our children, to protect our families, to protect our schools, to protect law enforcement, to protect our hospitals from people pouring into this country who do not belong here. I don't care if they're all rocket scientists. I don't care if they're all brain surgeons. If they're not here legally, they don't belong here. It's called the rule of law. And if you don't have the rule of law, you have anarchy. I'll be right back. Our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what is beautiful, and hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. As Hillsdale enters its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu to learn more. That's hillsdale.edu. Hillsdale.edu. The reason this speech is important is because the Democrats are insane. They are the base. They're listening to their base. No, 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 you don't understand. They are the base. And much of the base is anti-Semitic. That's right, you heard me. Oh, we have two Muslim women, the first Muslim women in Congress. Right. Two vocal, hateful anti-Semites. Ooh. You won't hear that from CNN either. 
They got a little anti-Semite problem in the Democrat pro- uh, Party. But shh. Just like some decades ago, they had a little problem with blacks, you might recall. Oh, yeah. The Democrat Party, sure. They're terrific. And you might remember their great president, Franklin Roosevelt. He had a lot of problem with Japanese Americans. As I recall, he sent 120,000 of them to internment camps. Oh, it's true. It's true. That's what they mean, I think, by equality. One ethnic group after another. And then they pretend to represent these ethnic groups. Now, the Democrat Party used to support every single thing that Donald Trump is saying that he supports today. Securing the border, building a wall, other forms of barriers, a double fence system. They used to call them illegal aliens. Now they call them undocumented Democrats or something. Oh, yeah, it's true. You federal workers who aren't getting paid, why don't you take the time to dust off your Constitution and look at Article 1? Under Article 1, who is responsible for funding the government? Raise your hand. That's right, the House. That's where appropriation bills come out. What else comes out of the House? Tax bills. And what did the House do? The House said, no border barriers. Open borders, America. Now, this is the first time in American history a major political party has supported open borders. And then when you press them on it, no, no, you don't understand. We actually do support securing the border. We just oppose physical barriers, you know, walls, double fencing, stuff like that. Well, then you support open borders. Because you cannot have 5,000 border patrol agents. Well, there's 20,000, Mark. No, there's 5,000 working at any time. Covering a border that's almost 2,000 miles long, chasing over 1 million illegal immigrants over the course of a year. They win, we lose. And the Democrats hate the Border Patrol anyway, like they hate the cops all over the country. Now, the media hate the fact that this president's going to speak to the American people because, you see, the media want to be able to speak for the president of the United States by trashing and smearing him. This was a brilliant move. I'll be right back. 175 years. That's how long Hillsdale College has been around. As we start a new year, Hillsdale's entering its 175th year, but in all of that time, it still holds the same principles since 1844. The college was founded to teach students to seek truth, to recognize what is beautiful, and to hold up what is good. Most colleges have lost their way and are now in the grip of political correctness. They reject the idea of objective truth and peddle moral and cultural relativism. Not Hillsdale College. Hillsdale continues to provide sound learning essential to preserving civil and religious liberty. Hillsdale is my favorite college because it has stayed true to that mission and extends it nationwide on behalf of liberty. From its free online courses to its free speech digest and primus, from training leaders at their Kirby Center in Washington, D.C., to helping establish classical K-12 through charter schools nationwide, Hillsdale is educating Americans to restore our freedom. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. This is Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu to learn more. That's hillsdale.edu. We never shut down because this show is essential. Call into the Mark Levin Show at 877-381-3811. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, I have a suggestion. Nancy Pelosi loves sanctuary cities. <laughs> Is she Beavis or Butthead? Mr. Producer. <laughs> yeah, she's both. Uh, and uh, most of the members of the Democrat caucus in the House and the Senate believe in sanctuary cities. Many of them come from sanctuary cities, sanctuary states. Adam Shifty, Shifty Shiftless, he does. So I say what's good for San Francisco is good for Capitol Hill. So we should pressure our members of Congress to declare Capitol Hill a sanctuary hill. And it's a sanctuary hill, ladies and gentlemen. All the fences that are there, and there are many, all the steel barriers that are there, they come right out from the ground, and there are many, should be removed. All physical barriers of any kind should be removed. Now we know some of the Democrats want to eliminate ICE. I say that we withdraw the Capitol Police from Capitol Hill, give them to the White House. Sign them over to the White House, where we have a fence and we want a fence. So we should treat Capitol Hill and all the politicians who believe in sanctuary cities, all the politicians who oppose physical barriers on the southern border, we should treat them exactly the same way. No law enforcement, No physical barriers. Oh, and by the way, all criminal aliens who are to be released by Washington, D.C., of course, we're not going to call in ICE, so they're deported. They should all be free to come and go as they wish out of the Capitol building, out of the Senate offices and the House offices. It's about damn time that we treat these politicians the way they treat us. It's about damn time they're knocked off their pedestals. I'll even go further. The Democrats are going on and on. They passed a bill, or they're proposing an ethics bill, quote-unquote. Ten years, every president or candidate for the presidency should release ten years of their tax returns. Same with vice presidents or candidates for the vice presidency. Now, first of all, The qualifications for running for president and vice president are in the Constitution. You cannot alter that by statute. Just just a little footnote there. But if this is the game, if this is the case, then we must insist, as I posted a week ago on my social sites, give or take, we want 10 years of the Pelosi's tax returns. Nancy and that dummy husband of hers who walks around like a... Anyway, we, we want their tax returns for the last 10 years. She's now Speaker of the House. We want the tax returns of the President Pro Tem of the United States Senate. 10 years worth. We want the tax returns of the Majority Leader of the House of Representatives, Stempy Hoyer. And the Minority Leader of the House of Representatives. And the Majority Leader in the Senate. Hey, you know what? Shut up, Mitch. And Schumer, 10 years, not financial disclosure statements, 10 years. And while we're at it, we want them from their family members too. Their children, their grandchildren, 
What's good for the lib is good for us, too. All committee chairmen, 10 years of tax. Matter of fact, all members of Congress, we want 10 years of your tax returns. 10 years, that's all. I think that would be a good idea. Transparency, you know. Here is Brenna Keller, or Kyler. Brianna Keller, or Kyler, a CNN host. Honestly, I don't watch CNN. I watch these clips. I don't want to throw up all day long. I really don't. It's like having the flu watching CNN. They get dumber and dumber. It lowers your IQ, which is why liberals watch. In fact, CNN's worse than MSNBC now, as far as I'm concerned. Worse. Although, you know. So here she is asking Gloria Borger, two hack, left-wing, phony journalists, they're interviewing each other. Guess they couldn't find Adam Schiff or this clown Stillwell or whatever his name is. Cut to go. We just spelled out how what he's saying actually does not hold water. His we just spelled the- out how what the president is saying actually doesn't hold water. And we have the final say on these things. We, we know what he said doesn't hold water. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, with, so that's what the networks are going to be looking at. Okay, are we giving him time to say something that, you know, if this is what he's going to say, it's untrue? Listen, oh. we shouldn't let the president speak uh, on the networks. Because he'll lie. He always lies. Unlike we in the media. We shouldn't let, we should decide if the president, why do the press exist in this country, ladies and gentlemen? Why is there a freedom of speech clause in the First Amendment? Anybody know? Is it for the purpose of serving the press and these pretend journalists or their corporate masters? No. The Constitution exists for we the people. Freedom of speech. Freedom of the press, freedom of association, freedom of religion. religion. All these things exist for us. So, these people are supposed to be professionals who are conducting their so-called profession in our interests. But they're not. They are mouthpieces. They are propagandists for the Democrats. They are progressives through and through. And so... They're questioning whether or not the president should have access to speak to the American people about issues that they keep reporting on because he can't be trusted, you know. Brianna Kyler, she can be trusted. Who the hell is she? But let's go to Gloria Borger. I'm sure she has something profound to say. Go ahead. Is he going to call for a national emergency, right. which, and we just were, you were just talking to Susan Hennessy about this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is Susan Hennessy? Really? Who the hell is Susan Hennessy? Go ahead. National emergency. And, of course, if the networks were to give him time, and that's by no means guaranteed. Oh, it's not a guarantee, ladies and gentlemen, because they're for freedom of the press and free speech. Freedom of the press and free speech. Now, we can't let the president speak. He's endlessly giving these these presidential speeches to the nation. Hasn't given one in two years. First one. And he's going to lie. That's not what they mean. We hate him. We don't agree with him. 
and they wrap themselves in freedom of the press. We're the ones protecting freedom of the press. Then God help us all. Go ahead. About Nancy Pelosi. I mean, she's got to be able she's got to be able to talk uh, as well. So So now we have a special pleader for Nancy Pelosi. Not that we didn't already know it. You know, uh, she, she's got, she has to be able to speak, too. It's not fair to get the president speaks, Nancy Pelosi, because she never gets to speak, and we never cover her. She gets to speak. He's the president of the United States. He is the executive branch under Article 2 of our Constitution. Nancy Pelosi is a member of the House of Representatives. They confer the title of Speaker on the House of the House. She's elected from San Francisco. She's not elected nationwide. She's not, contrary to her constitutional illiteracy, at the same level of the President of the United States. She's one of 435 miscreants and malcontents. That's it. But we have to let Nancy speak. Okay, if you let Nancy speak, you're going to let Jim Jordan respond to her? No, how far are we going to take this? We can't do that. Go ahead. Curious to me because... Ah, shut up, you idiot. Now, we have Carrie Cordero. Now, who is she? Or he? I don't know. Is it a he or she? I don't even know. Or is she transitioning? Not that there's anything wrong with that. (laughs) No. Now, she's... (laughs) Listen to this. She's former counsel to the Assistant Attorney General for National Security. In other words, she's an Obamaite. And of course, we're going to turn to her or him or it to get expert information about Trump. Go ahead. Here's the problem from a national security perspective. I don't mean to be stereotypical, but sounds like a female. Go ahead. The problem is that the president, this specific president, uh-huh. has a demonstrated history throughout his campaign and his presidency of using national security as a pretext to achieve political objectives. How so? What the hell are you talking about? So she's picked as an expert on CNN because they like what she has to say, and it's predictable. There's no Reaganite there. There's not a good... No, no, no. You see, he's a, he, he uses national security as a pretext to achieve political objectives. Yeah, like when? It is a national security issue. It's also a national emergency issue. Go ahead. As a national, as a national security policy professional, I can't oh. begin to... She's a national security policy professional. How do we know? Well, she self-identifies. You think that's just with gender? No. She self-identifies. She's a national security policy professional. You can't question her. She knows all about Trump. Go ahead. How dangerous I think that is because it, it has different effects. One hand, he has the potential to abuse. Ah, shut up, you idiot. Another idiot. Propaganda day in and day out, day in and day out. CNN, the constipated news network, then MSLSD over there, each trying to outdo each other. This is yellow journalism when you had two major New York newspapers duking it out. Which could go lower into the sewer? Which could be scuzzier than the other? That's CNN and MSNBC. I'll be right back.
Have you ever thought about the word education? It means to lead forth. Now, let me tell you about a place that leads forth. Hillsdale College. At Hillsdale, students are challenged to discover the right way forth by reading the greatest books by the greatest minds in history. And they learn the meaning of the three ultimate and related things, the good, the true, and the beautiful. Now, unfortunately, many of our nation's other colleges have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. But as we begin a new year, we can be thankful that none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. As Hillsdale enters its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. This is Hillsdale College. Please visit Hillsdale. Go to hillsdale.edu to learn more. That's hillsdale.edu. I hope you watched Life, Liberty, and Levin last night. It was our first one, brand new, with Brent Bozell, who was terrific. And we, uh, we went very heavy into the media, which needed to be done. And the next Life, Liberty, and Levin, we're going to get very heavy into Russia. Not what you think. Ted Kennedy conspiring with the Soviet Union to defeat Ronald Reagan. You see, the Democrats accuse others of things they've done. They supported slavery. They supported uh, segregation. They supported the Jim Crow laws in the South. Their party has a growing anti-Semitic problem. So they accuse everyone else of these things. It's like they accuse Trump of being uh, authoritarian. They keep talking about indicting a sitting president. They keep talking about impeaching a sitting president because they don't like him. We call that a coup. The third world calls that a coup. They want to get rid of the electoral college. Wow. That's pretty amazing, don't you think? Now they talk about a 70% upper bracket for taxes. Not to be outdone, we have a guy whose last name is Castro, not by mistake, out of Texas, he thinks it ought to be 90%. I'll tell you right now, they do 70% or 90%. I retire, which means all these people who have jobs associated with me, they're not going to have jobs, and that's going to happen across the board. The last person you want influencing our economy is a 29-year-old mushhead who is filled with socialist and Marxist propaganda talking points, and apparently that appeals to 60 Minutes. I'm starting to think 60 Minutes brought on Ocasio-Cortez because they have something in common. 60 Minutes and she has 60 IQ points. That's about it. It's all I can think of. Nancy Pelosi. Stretches, I call her, because obviously she's had a number of facelifts, which explains why she doesn't blink. Uh, anyway, uh, she had a comment about the wall, which I thought was fascinating. Cut five, go. The wall 
in my view, is an immorality. All right, let, let, the wall is an immorality. The wall is an immorality. She doesn't even know how to speak. But let's, let's play along. The wall is an immorality? So, an inanimate object that lacks a conscience, that lacks a life, is an immorality? Is that what she means? I think it is. I think she's a certifiable idiot. Go ahead. Again, a waste of money. A waste and- of money. When is the last time a radical progressive was concerned about money? The federal budget is over $4 trillion a year. This is $5.7 billion. Now, let's play along. I'm not a math genius, but I'm a better math genius than her. $4 trillion. What's 10% of $4 trillion, Mr. Producer? $400 billion, right? Silence. He doesn't know either. 10% of $400 billion is $40 billion. 10% of $40 billion is $4 billion. If I'm wrong, leave me alone. 10% of $4 billion is $400 million. Anyway, we're talking about somewhere in the neighborhood of one-tenth of one percent of the federal budget. Ladies and gentlemen, the general... Accounting Office issues almost yearly reports that tell us that our federal government wastes fraud and abuse, wastes anywhere from $125 billion to $250 billion a year. And most of what the federal government does is redistribute wealth. Now, the liberals say that we spend only $50 billion a year on illegal aliens. Some conservative organizations say, no, it's like $240 billion. Either way, that's a waste of money. That's a society destroying itself. $5.7 billion, that's a rounding figure for the Democrats. They want to nationalize health care all the way. Medicare for everybody, $32 trillion. They want us to assume all student loans, another $1.5 trillion. Free college for everybody. We don't even know how much that is. Trillions here, trillions there, trillions everywhere. But 5.7 billion, no! Can't touch that. It'll help secure the border, and worst of all, Trump wants it. So screw the American people, screw sovereignty, screw law and order, and we'll get more Democrats. I'll be right back. Here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. We're moving fast. But you Levinites, you can move fast. Um, Chuck Todd. He is the host of Meet the Depressed. And he is, you're not going to believe this, NBC's chief political director or something like that. And uh, he certainly does cause us to miss the late, great Tim Russert, doesn't he? Tim Russert was a liberal, he was a Democrat, he worked for Moynihan, among others, but he really was a fair guy. 
Can't say the same about Chuck Todd. First of all, Chuck Todd is quite stupid. And uh, he's got a Napoleonic mental issue. He, uh, he's despotic. And he started uh, Meet the Depressed on December 30th, not this past Sunday, the one before, telling you, the American people, what you can and cannot know. Here's part of what he said. Cut 18, go. This morning, we're going to do something that we don't often get to do. What's that? Dive in on one topic. It's obviously extraordinarily difficult to do this, as the end of this year has proven in the era of Trump. Yeah, this Trump, he just gets in the way of everything. I mean, we'd like to really discuss issues, but we can't. It's Trump's fault. But we're going to take, go ahead. Take an in-depth look, uh, regardless of that, at a literally earth-changing subject that doesn't get talked wow. about this thoroughly on television news, at least. Climate change. Climate change never gets talked about, ladies and gentlemen. I'll bet you can't remember the last time somebody on TV was talking about climate change. But it's his next comment that I want you to focus in on. Go ahead. This is important as what we are going to do this hour is what we're not going to do. We're not going to debate climate change, the existence of it. The earth is getting hotter and human activity is a major cause, period. We're not going to give time to climate deniers. The science is settled, even if political opinion is not. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Chuck Todd and his producers and editors and graphics people, his audio people, his lighting people, they've all decided Freedom of the press does not include challenging the so-called settled silence of climate change. So settled is climate change that they've changed the phrase three times in the last 50 years. From global cooling to global warming to climate change. Because everyone knows the climate changes. So not anything and everything can be poured into this phrase climate change. That's what's political, and we know the history of this. The no-growthers, or the degrowthers as they call themselves, using the environment to attack capitalism. How come they never dig deep into capitalism and talk about capitalism and private property rights and individual liberty? They never dig deep into that because these are foreign concepts to the media. So I said, this Chuck Todd, he must be a genius. He must be a genius because he knows this scientific issue is settled, period. So I just took a quick look. Chuck Todd, what's his background? Well, first of all, when he was in college, he worked on the Tom Harkin campaign for president. Now, Tom Harkin's way out there. He's a nut job. Okay, fine. He was a young man, so he must have... Academic credentials like we've never seen because some of these so-called climate deniers, and they use that phrase to shut off debate and to insinuate you're like a Holocaust denier. It's a nasty thing to do, but they do it. Climate denier. Nobody's denying the climate, you idiot. No, you must be a climate denier. No, there's climate. Who's denying climate? What many people are doing is they're skeptical and they raise serious questions about how these so-called scientists come up with their forecasts. Some of them cheat. Now, we know this. And some of them lie. And we know this. 
Some of them are earnest. And some of them are driven by ideology. But there are climate deniers, quote-unquote, who are extraordinarily well-educated, experts in their field, scientists, climatologists, meteorologists, PhDs, MAs. So I said, well, Chuck Todd, this guy must be unbelievable. So I looked. He didn't finish college. Now, I'm not saying everybody needs to go to college. Please understand. Two-thirds of the people in this country don't go to college. or don't graduate. It's perfectly fine by me. Do whatever you want. And more and more, college is an indoctrination mill. So I get it. But this guy has absolutely no academic credentials and no experiential credentials whatsoever to be sitting there like Kim Jong-un announcing to the vast population of the American people that there's climate change, meaning climate warming is what they're trying to say, global warming, and human activity is a major cause, period, says Chuck Todd. So let me ask you, who's the despot, Todd or Trump? Who's attacking freedom of the press, Todd or Trump? So now we've reached a point of propaganda. So Chuck Todd has announced to the whole world that he's a propagandist for an ideology, the progressive ideology, and the anti-capitalist, environmental, radical leftists. So that's what you get from the chief political director at NBC News and the host of Meet the Depressed. Some slob who's not particularly well-educated, who's basically repeating propaganda, telling us, hey, the science is over. And then he spent the rest of the show with one-sided presentation, propaganda. Now, I have to give the guy some credit. Usually, they're very sly about this. Jake Tapper is very sly about it. Wolf Blitzer, when he uh, wakes up, he's very sly about it. But more and more, Some of these younger individuals who claim to be journalists. Don Lemon. There's a joke. Who else? Well, you can name them. Uh, More and more of them are openly, they're full-mouthed leftists. Ideologues. On these, these key and important issues. So there's Chuck Todd and Meet the Depressed. Pretty incredible, don't you think? Unbelievable, actually. Now, I want to address another issue, somewhat related to this, and it's capitalism. Capitalism is under attack. It's not just under attack by the capitalism deniers, by the free enterprise deniers, by the wealth creation deniers, by the private property rights deniers. It's not just under attack by them under attack by some who should know better. Now, capitalism isn't a theory. It's a reality. Capitalism is about liberty. It's about individuals making individual decisions. It's about families making familial decisions. It's about you deciding how to apply your intellectual and physical labor. The extent that you want to apply it, Um, on what you want to apply, 
and so forth and so on. And private property rights, as James Madison wrote at great length, and is in one of my books, private property rights isn't just about material property. It's not just about real estate. Notice I said your individual intellectual and physical labor. You spend a big part of your life working. However you do it. Working. That's a part of your life. And so when the government steps up and says, you know what? We want to redistribute that. We want to take 70% of it or 90% of it. Or we think you're well off. We need to give it to people who aren't well off. They're not just taking your material wealth. They're taking from you time out of your life that you spent being creative. Capitalism is about human liberty. It is the most brilliant economic model because nobody created the economic model. It didn't come from some ideologue or philosopher. It is what it is. It grew out of human nature. Now, for those who question capitalism, and actually some on the so-called right joining with some on the so-called left, talking about how the middle class is victimized, I want you to consider something that comes out of a great book called Capitalism. It is a huge book, but it is a brilliant book by a friend of mine, former Professor Pepperdine, Dr. George Reisman. And in this book, and I refer to it in one of my books, he challenges you. Go to a supermarket. We've talked about this. And walk through the aisles. Anybody can do this. Walk through the aisles. How many kinds of bread? How many kinds of bread are there? How many kinds of fruits and vegetables are there? How many kinds of milk? Fat-free, 1%, 2%, whole milk, lactose-free milk. How many types of ice cream or sherbet? Most of them now have wine sections. Wines from Italy, France, Germany, Israel, all over the United States. Right there on the aisle. Look at the potato chips. Fat-free, one-third fat-free, rippled, not rippled, small bags, medium bags, family-sized bags. Wow. Go to the candy section. Every imaginable type of candy you can think of. How about the meat section? Hamburger. All kinds of steak. Ribs. Steak tips. Ground beef. 80% fat. 85% fat. 90% fat. 92% fat. 95% fat. Right there near the veal. And the veal next to the pork. Then the lunch meat section, the deli section. How many kinds of salami? How many kinds of ham? How many kinds of, well, anything. 
And then there's poultry. Thighs, legs, breasts. I'm a leg man myself, but all kinds of poultry. It's incredible. Glucose. Or what am I what am I saying? Not glucose. What kind of section they have? Gluten free sections. Gluten free, where the hippies hang out. What else? Spanish food. Kosher food. Oh. Where's the kosher food? Go to aisle three. Where's the Spanish food? Over there at aisle seven. Wow. All at your fingertips. And I've only just begun. A lot of these supermarkets now have hot food sections. Or take home box of food. Ten bucks, your dinner, your lunch. Now let me ask you a question. How do you think all that happened? From all over the world. All these foods. You show up. They're all wrapped properly, refrigerated properly, frozen properly, or they're fresh, baked the same day. Yogurt from Greece, yogurt from here, on and on. How do you think this happened? So let me suggest, forget about the left, to some on the right, who are caught into this so-called populist thing, where they want to sound like Bernie Sanders. And they're the defenders of the middle class. Let me suggest something. They're not the defenders of the middle class. All of us who participate in capitalism, we are the defenders of middle class. How do you think all that food got there? Think you snap your fingers and it gets there? Somebody had to produce it at the ground level. Somebody had to process it. Somebody had to package it. Somebody had to put it on trucks or trains, or planes, and somebody had to drive or fly those vehicles. Somebody had to offload it. Somebody had to stock the shelves. Somebody has to restock the shelves. Somebody has to pay for what they're purchasing, you, and there needs to be cashiers. And there are carts out there in the parking lot. Kids have to be hired or others to collect the carts that you happen to leave there. You got to build those trucks. You got to build those planes. You got to build those trains. How do you think they're built? Who do you think builds them? This is the genius of capitalism. Put things in perspective. It's like no other place on the face of the earth. We live like kings and queens. We lived better. We live better today than any king, any queen, any monarchy 150 years ago. Whether you earn $10,000 or $10 million. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating, and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. 
Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. shouldn't be tied to market capitalism. That's a philosophy. We should be tied to what's best for the people. That's really a very stupid comment. What does that mean? And who decides? The most liberating economic system is capitalism. It's the market. It produces more goods for more people than any other system on the face of the earth. It employs more people in good jobs than any other system on the face of the earth. What's the alternative? We don't even have pure capitalism in this country. With the progressive income tax, there's still a significant regulations, even though the president is doing everything he can to roll them back. Ask somebody who opens a restaurant, if we have pure capitalism. Ask them about all the local, state, and federal rules they have to comply with, apart from taxes. The hiring rules. The uh, ADA rules. The zoning rules. Or any of the rules some bureaucrat at the state, local, or federal levels can think of. They spend half their time dealing with regulations, dealing with government, in order to put food on a plate and serve it to an individual voluntarily who voluntarily comes in to purchase. Just to put a steak on a plate, what they have to go through is impossible. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, America's tyranny hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Here's a New Year's resolution that's easy to keep. Make 2019 your most comfortable and productive year ever by getting yourself an X chair. Now, I used to constantly feel uncomfortable throughout the workday, and I sit in this chair maybe 10 hours a day until I realized I was spending thousands of hours sitting in the wrong chair. So follow my example and ditch that no-name superstore chair and trade up to the X chair. It makes all the difference in the world. I've been raving about how much I love my X chair for months. Well, if you've been on the fence about buying one, here's great news. You can now finance the purchase of your X chair for as little as $30 a month. Now that's a big deal. And once you send it, you'll understand why I love my X chair. X-Chair is on sale now for $100 off. You can finance it for as little as $30 a month. Just go to xchairlevin.com, xchairlevin.com, or call our toll-free line, 1-844-4-X-Chair, 
844-4X-CHAIR. X-CHAIR comes with a 30-day, no questions asked, guarantee of complete satisfaction. I mean, this is the perfect deal. Go to xchairlevin.com now, use code LEVINFOOTREST, and you'll also get a free footrest. That's xchairlevin.com. How are our friends in the Los Angeles area, the great KRLA? 870, the answer. I was on the morning show. Boy, they have great guests, uh, excuse me, great hosts in the morning. I really enjoy them. And uh, they're just terrific. It's a great station, KRLA. And they do very well. As a matter of fact, KRLA has such a strong lineup. They beat KABC and they beat KEIB. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? And so it's a great honor to be affiliated with that station. It's a Salem-owned station, which is also a great company. Now, thanks to you, all you Levinites out there in the Los Angeles area, my show, which is on from 3 to 6 p.m. Pacific time, is number one. No, I mean number one on KRLA, on KBC, and KEIB. You believe that, Mr. Producer? I do. Because the people in the Los Angeles area are smart and they're sick and tired of being abused because they're in a minority. They tax the hell out of you. They regulate the hell out of you. They abuse you. And I get it. Trust me, I get it. And I've got family that lives out there. Kids, grandkids. So I know what you're going through. And this is the place to be. The great KRLA, 870 The Answer, and especially 3 to 6 p.m. on the West Coast, Pacific Time, where we are live. And that's the other thing KRLA does that I like. Their shows are live. We're alive. Oh, yes. In my case, I'm live and national. You know, some of the live and local. Well, I'm live and national, which is a good thing. You know, once upon a time, ladies and gentlemen, Schumer and Pelosi supported everything Trump wants to do on illegal immigration, as our buddy Daniel Horowitz writes at Conservative Review. It is the sense of the Congress that the mission statement of the Immigration and Naturalization Service, the old INS, should include a statement that it is the responsibility of the service to detect, apprehend, and remove those aliens unlawfully present in the United States, particularly those aliens involved in drug trafficking or other criminal activity. That's from the Illegal Immigration Reform and Immigration Responsibility Act of 1996, Public Law 104-208. The media want us to continue being frogs in a slow boiling pot of water and not to realize how much the political temperature has shifted on the issue of national sovereignty. But if we jump out of the water for a moment and explore relatively recent history on the issue, we will learn that protecting our border, building the wall, working with local law enforcement, expediting deportations, clamping down on visa overstays, and deporting criminal aliens were all consensus issues. Several so-called conservative commentators like Jay Cost and Charlie Sykes have, lam- <laughs> excuse me, have lamented the fact The Republicans once fought government funding battles over fiscal restraint and are now doing so over immigration. They are bemoaning what is in their view a negative shift towards so-called nationalist priorities. But they're missing one major point, a point that reveals that it is in fact they 
and the Democrats who have shifted, not the rest of us. The reason there was a shutdown fight in 1996 over spending and welfare and not over immigration is because President Clinton agreed to sign the GOP's toughest overhaul of immigration law in a generation. There was no shutdown because Republicans got much of what they wanted. And they got what they wanted because Democrats, including Nancy Pelosi, including Chuck Schumer, once believed in a modicum of sovereignty. Now, the Illegal Immigration Reform and Immigration Responsibility Act of 1996 was signed into law by Clinton on September 30, 1996. And guess what the vote was in the House? 370 to 37, including Pelosi. 370 to 37. In the Senate, they didn't even take a head count. It, was just, it passed by a voice vote. That's how unanimous it was. Are you listening to me, Brian Stelter, you little slob? Are you listening to me, Jake Tapper, you liberal sellout? How about over there at MSL? Ah, forget about them. So the bill that passed with overwhelming support essentially contained all the promises Trump has made, from the wall clamping down on visa overstays to robust interior enforcement and expedited deportations, except that it was tailored for that time period. Many of the provisions failed because they were ignored by past presidents and state and local governments and twisted by activist judges. This bill was designed to fulfill the wayward promise of the 1986 amnesty and to finally fulfill the pledge to protect Americans from the cost of illegal immigration. Those promises have not been met, and millions of illegals later, millions, millions, Tens of millions of pounds of drugs later, trillions in costs later, these same politicians have no interest in rectifying the promise they helped break over and over and over again. And unlike today, Republicans actually had a vision and a sense of purpose. One of their agenda items was to cut back on legal immigration, which failed a, uh, a promise of the 1990 bill. The other was to end illegal immigration completely. It was the former goal that Democrats opposed, which is why Republicans originally attached their legal immigration cuts to the illegal immigration bill. (coughs) So, as you can see, and it goes on the piece, it is the Democrats who have changed. It is Trump who's being reasonable. It's Trump who wants to secure the border. It's Trump who even wants to give amnesty to hundreds of thousands of DACA members, which I strongly oppose. He's more than met them halfway. And the media still trash him. They're debating tonight whether the network should actually give him time to speak to the nation. Because after all, he's a liar. Now I want to address this liar issue because CNN says that Joe Biden, for the second time according to their polls, is the leading candidate on the Democrat side. Now, it's so early and it's so ridiculous. And by the way, as an aside, I've invited Robert Francis O'Rourke, a.k.a. Beto, to come on Life, Liberty, and Levin. No answer. I've invited Bernie Sanders, who will go to Moscow but won't come to my show. I've invited Elizabeth Warren, won't come on. I've invited Ocasio-Cortez, nothing. 
What do they fear? There's nothing to fear but fear itself. I think I heard some presidents say. I'm sure I heard some presidents say that. But you want to hear a real liar? It's Lunch Bucket Joe. And by the way, that's a lie in and of itself. He had to admit it when I confronted him here on the program, not directly, but he obviously listens to this show because when I bumped into him on an Acela train, he knew immediately who I was. <laughs> he confused my name, Mark Levin, with smartass. But that said, Joe is a liar. Let's pull out that old montage, Mr. Producer. Go ahead and play it. I think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship. Liar. The only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Liar. The first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. Liar. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding Liar. student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only need 123 credits. Liar. And I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like to. Let's do it, baby. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. And you don't know my state. My state was a slave state. My state is a border state. My state is the eighth largest black population in the country. My state is anything from a northeast liberal state. I mean, you got the first sort of mainstream African American who was articulate and bright and and, and clean and nice looking guy. I mean, that's a storybook, man. Uh, uh, Chuck Graham, state senator's here. Chuck, stand up, Chuck. Let him see you. Oh, God love you. What am I talking about? I tell you what, you're making everybody else stand up, though, pal. Thank you very, very much. I tell you what, stand up for Chuck. And it happens to be, as Barack says, a three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S. By the way, do you know the website? You know, for Obama here. you know the website number, I, uh, you know, I should have it in front of me, and I don't. I'm, I'm, right. I'm actually embarrassed. The Taoiseach knows a lot about it. His mom uh, lived in, uh, in Long Island for 10 years or so. Uh, God rest her soul. And uh, um, although she's, wait, your mom's still, your mom's still alive as your dad passed. God bless her soul. Moron. I got to get this straight. Well, I say they're going to start to see unemployment grow uh, this spring. You mean employment? Uh, it's going to take uh, employment. North America is going to be, for the first half of the century at least, the epicenter of energy in the world. North America, Mexico, the United States, and China. The problem with my gaffes is they're usually true. <laughs> He's a lounge act. He's a Las Vegas lounge act. Uh, what's he now, 74, 75 years old? And uh, he says, look, you know, I'm going to look at whether I should run or not, but unless there's somebody out there who I think can beat Trump, but right now I don't see anybody. <laughs> I'll be right back. Mark in. the Golden Globes. Is that what they are? The Golden Globe Awards? This guy Christopher, what's his name? Bale? Christian Bale. 
So he smears Dick Cheney. Thought to myself, what the hell did Christian Bale ever do for this country? What did he ever do for this country? He's another liberal freak. He's born with a pretty face. He can memorize lines like a robot. What has he ever done for the country? Dick Cheney has spent many, many years supporting this country. Whether it's Chief of Staff, Secretary of Defense, Vice President of the United States, under extraordinarily difficult conditions. So here's this punk who is totally unencumbered with history. Totally unencumbered. uh, Trashing Cheney. And Cheney served this country when he had a bad heart. As you know, he's had a heart transplant. But he had like four or five severe heart attacks. They run in his family. Massive damage to the muscle of his heart. He had a uh, life-threatening and life-saving operation. So now, you know, he's Mr. Evil because uh, he's a conservative and he's a Republican and he's good on national security. He's evil. But, uh, you know, Joe Biden is a is, uh, wonderful genius, truth teller and all the rest. That's how the media do it. Now, uh, I want to tell you about Blaze TV. You know, Levin TV started a little over three years ago. Now, you might say, no, it started in March. It's a little less than three years ago. No, we had to work at it first. We had to build the studio. We had to get the staff together and so forth. 98% of the people working on Levin TV, 99% are the same people who worked on it three years ago. Same people as three years ago. And uh, I spent a lot of time preparing for the program and working on the program because I want you to get the best program you possibly can. Digital TV is one of the future technologies for communication. So we're going to compete against the left. So about a month ago, Conservative Review TV merged with Blaze. And so it's called Blaze TV, even though CRTV... It's much bigger. And that's okay. The name is irrelevant. We now have 30 of the biggest names in conservative commentary, all under one roof for the first time ever. Different voices, different personalities, of course. Eric Bowling, Phil Robertson, Glenn Beck, me, It's not a matter of always agreeing. It's a matter of having a conservative attitude. And we're going to add more shows and hosts. So you have unlimited access. At any time, day or night, to the current programming, to the original programming, right on your handheld device or your laptop or your PC, on your Apple device, on your handheld device. On your smart TV. I can go on and on and on. There's a zillion ways to watch us. There was some report out when I was out that Verizon had dropped us. Verizon didn't drop us. Verizon offered us a deal that we could not accept. They were trying to shake us down. We said no. No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to 
spike our subscriptions, drive up our subscriptions because Verizon's making demands that are absolutely mathematically impossible for us to uh, succeed. So we drop them. And there's so many more outlets. Now, many of you are subscribers already. I want to thank you. And many of you have your subscriptions coming up in February and March. I certainly look forward to you staying with us. Some of you have been sitting on the sidelines for a long time. Why don't you try us out? Why don't you take this opportunity to check us out? There's nothing else out there like us. We're only getting bigger. I'm not allowed to tell you the number of subscribers, but it's significant. You would be surprised. This is the next step in the new revolution in media. And I really want you to join us. Go to levintv.com, L-E-V-I-N-T-V.com. You can go there right now and sign up. It's that simple, levintv.com, or give us a call, 844-L-E-V-I-N-T-V. That's 844-LEVIN-TV. Try us out. It's risk-free. I think you're going to love it. If you haven't subscribed, please do. You can give it as a gift. Those of you who have subscribed, if it's time to re-up, I hope you'll re-up. We'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number, 887-381-3811. I meant 877 it's been a while. 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. The other one's probably to a Domino's pizza place. I don't know. You know, I I sit here thinking at the break about these various issues. And it's amazing how much time we spend as a country, as a people, having to deal with the radical agenda of a ideological minority in this country which include the media and the furthest fringes of the Democrat Party it becomes our reality and we have to talk about it in order to fight it just think if the media were on the up and up and if the Democrat Party wasn't the plaything 
of the radical left. Just think about what a different kind of society would be. A much more positive society, much more united society. <laughs> Excuse me. And the culprits are on the left. Now let's think about this issue where we want people, if they're to come into this country, to come in legally, they're foreigners. They're not Americans. They're foreigners. They're not Americans. And they have no rights to come into this country. And when they come illegally, we have states, and in some cases the federal government, often by edict of the Supreme Court, conferring benefits on them and rights on them. And then think of yourself and your own life. You can't get on an airplane without identifying yourself, without showing credentials, without being patted down or going through an x-ray machine. You can't get on an airplane to fly from Sacramento to San Diego. To fly from New York City to Albany. And so forth and so on. I mean, it's really quite remarkable. Virtually anywhere where you go to buy liquor, even stores that are privately owned in some states, you have to show credentials. State credentials. Identification. You want to drive a a vehicle, whether it's a motorcycle, an automobile, a truck, whatever it is. Again, you have to fill out forms, paperwork. You have to take certain tests for eyesight and competency. And you have to be credentialed by the state. But if you're a foreigner... You're not an American citizen. And you choose on your own, unilaterally, to come into this country illegally, knowingly violating our immigration laws. All of a sudden, you're more noble than the American citizen. And if you have children, they're more noble than American children. It's incredible what we've done here and we debate this like the the side the democrat side the hard left side is serious on the issue they're not serious their arguments aren't serious they're preposterous absolutely preposterous president wants to give a speech to explain why he wants to spend what is a measly 5.7 billion out of over 4 trillion dollars to help secure the wall And the networks have to debate whether they're going to give him an opportunity to speak. Our president, the president of the United States. And if they do, of course they have to give Nancy Pelosi the opportunity to respond. Why? She's one of 435 members of the House. She's not the president. She's elected speaker by a majority of the House members. Not even by all of them. She's not on the same footing as the president. So they have to debate whether or not to allow the president, who is the executive branch under Article 2, who is responsible for securing this nation as commander-in-chief. The cabinet that is responsible, the department 
Department of Homeland Security reports to him. He wants to speak to the American people. And Nancy Pelosi, who is just a political ideologue and a kook, wants to spew her talking points about morality, a woman who supports Planned Parenthood as they harvest baby organs, a woman that supports partial birth abortion, abortion at any time, anywhere, any place. She wants to discuss morality. That's a joke. She is, by the media, by the networks, placed on a par with the President of the United States. And so uh, this, this is the, the craziness of what's taking place in this country. And do you believe, seriously, do you believe that these so-called reporters and anchors and hosts, do you believe that they have the country's best interests at heart, the community, as they call it, best interests at heart? I don't. I don't believe they, they do at all. I believe they drive an agenda I believe they are progressive ideologues, and I believe they are mouthpieces for the Democrat Party. Now, every now and then, they'll ask some tough questions of a Democrat just to prove their chops. But we know what they are. They're part of the mob that wants to take down a constitutionally elected president. They don't provide us with any substance. They don't provide us with any context when it comes up to these issues. I can't even stand listening to the network news that comes through my... uh, you know, my, my station that I have to listen to this, my headphones. It's as if they're uh, the press for Nancy Pelosi. What this president is proposing, it's not radical in the least. It's what Clinton supported. It's what Reagan supported. It's what Obama used to support. It's what Schumer used to support. It's what Pelosi used to support. It's what over 300 House members used to support. The Senate supported by voice vote overwhelmingly. It's not asking for a lot of money. But they come up with every excuse conceivable. And they twist the facts and they twist the arguments. We know that two young children have died in the last, what, month or two, Mr. Producer? Uh, Coming here illegally and placed in uh, the control of the government. And we've heard a lot about this, and it's horrible what happened to them. It's not ICE's fault. It's not the Border Patrol's fault. I think to myself, how many American children die every year from criminal activity? Or diseases? Or what have you? We never talk about it. Ever. In fact, we never talk about the American citizen. We never talk about what American families want. People who are here legally and legitimately. Because remember, the whole purpose of the government is to serve us. We don't serve the government. (laughs) There's more talk about illegal aliens, foreigners, even those who haven't come yet, than there is about we the people. And the media are supposed to be informing we the people. Not propagandizing to us. Not prodding us to back left-wing policies. They never talk about individual liberty. About private property rights. About limited government. And so forth and so on. 
So they support this kind of autocracy, this centralized autocracy. And then if you're a president like Trump, for the most part, who wants to unravel it, then they accuse him of being an autocrat. And how do they do that? If they don't say it themselves, these phony reporters, they bring in former Obama administration officials, or they bring in seriously mentally ill people, or at least they appear to be, who are obsessed with hatred. This guy Rick Wilson looks like he got hit by a bus. I think he has five teeth in his head. Maybe maybe a metal plate. Always acts like and looks like he's sitting on a cucumber. Like he's constipated or something. He's a freak. Or Anna Navarro. Who is about as stupid as they come. Which is why they put her on The View. Why she's on CNN. They love her. Because she's predictably stupid and obnoxious. Then you have this congresswoman from part of Detroit and Deerfield. One of the first Muslim women ever elected to the House of Representatives. A through and through anti-Semite. Who pushes for the boycott and the destruction of Israel. Who has a little yellow stickum on uh, on a map of the Middle East. Over Israel, where she writes Palestine. There's another first Muslim woman ever elected out of uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Same attitude. And uh, they're real haters. Marco Rubio had a very interesting series of tweets today. And it was picked up by our friends at Right Scoop. It's part of a collection of senators that include Mitch McConnell, Cory Gardner, and Jim Reich. Rubio put forth a bill in the Senate designed to protect states and local governments that decide not to do business with companies participating in the BDS movement. It has nothing to do with freedom of speech. If states don't want to do business with companies that are boycotting Israel, they're not required to. It's nothing to do with the First Amendment. Now, this happens to be the first bill of the new Senate, which also comes during a so-called government shutdown. So as you might imagine, some Democrats are crying over the bill, claiming it punishes people exercising their First Amendment right or something. You do not have a First Amendment right to compel state governments to do business with you when you're boycotting another country. The courts will not ever interpret that as a First Amendment right. Now, one of these quack Obama appointees that uh, the Chief Justice doesn't think exists, uh, they might. It's absurd that the first bill during the shutdown is legislation which punishes Americans who exercise their constitutional right to engage in political activity. Democrats must block consideration of any bills that don't reopen the government. Let's get our priorities right. This is Bernie Sanders, a self-hating Jew. Sorry he is. Marxism first, party first, and of course those Palestinian flags uh, hanging uh, at the Democrat convention. Rubio was quick to respond, saying this is a lie. Then of course Rashida Talib, the lovely Muslim lady, one of the first, of course, elected to the House, who likes to call the president vile names while threatening to impeach him, she weighed in. Despite it being a Senate bill, here's what that genius said. They forgot what country they represent. You hear this? This is a typical 
anti-Semitic line. So Rubio, you see, represents Israel and the Jews. This woman should be expelled. This woman should be expelled from the House of Representatives, her language about the president, that he should be impeached. If you impeach the president today, do you know what? It's unconstitutional. The president has done nothing that meets the standards as understood by the people who wrote the Constitution of high crimes and misdemeanors and so forth. He hasn't committed any impeachable offenses. We ought to start talking about expelling members of the House who keep talking about impeachment, like that big, fat slob. What's that guy's name? Sherman? That jerk from California. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which way did they go? Yeah, that jerk. Anyway, back to one of the first Muslim women ever elected to the House of Representatives. Because identity politics, that's all that matters. So she says they forgot what country they represent. This is the United States, where boycotting is a right. And part of our historical fight for freedom and equality. Of course you can boycott. But a state can say it's our policy to do business with the state of Israel or the state of Finland or whatever it is. And we're not going to do business with you for participating in that boycott. You You have no First Amendment right to those state dollars. None. She goes, oh, maybe a refresher on our U.S. Constitution is in order. Then get back to opening up our government instead of taking our rights away. This is the, 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 uh, the foul mouth woman who said MF her about our president. So Rubio called her out. After <clears throat> responding to these ridiculous assertions about the bill, Rubio then drops a truth bomb about what's really going on behind the scenes. And this is important. For all you left-wing kook Democrats listening, particularly of my faith. I don't know what the hell's wrong with you, but something is. Something is. So, uh, what's really going on behind the scenes, ladies and gentlemen, is they actually have a growing number of Democrats in the House who are anti-Semitic, who believe in the, the boycott movement against the state of Israel. And this, in part, is due to the kind of open immigration that we have. I did a little checking. It turns out this lady, uh, her parents are immigrants, Palestinian Muslims. One's from Ramallah, the other I don't remember. They had 14 children. 14 children. She's the eldest. And she's a hater. Just like one of the first Muslim women elected from Minneapolis, St. Paul. I wonder, Jake Tapper, he's Jewish. I wonder, Wolf Blitzer, he's Jewish. I wonder, Don Lemon, he's not. I wonder if you're going to do any kind of a focused story on them. No, you won't, because you're pathetic. I'll be right back. Mark in. Virginia, the great WMAL. Go. Mr. Levin, it's a great pleasure to get to talk to you. Thank you, sir. 
my subject tonight, uh, first off, the Brent Bozell uh, interview was wonderful, but the one that's more important, that I think, is the Pillsbury art, uh, interview you did on, on China and the marathon plan for global domination. That was eye-opening. I think every American that thinks they're self a, a patriot should watch that. That's mandatory viewing. Well, thank you. That was a rerun. Fox is running uh, my some shows on Saturday that are reruns and then running my Sunday show for a live program. Well, Go right ahead. We have a little less than a minute. Uh, the uh, mainstream media news corporations don't seem to know their lane anymore. Now they're going to openly censor the president. They're saying they're going to make him pre-submit his speech, and if he goes off script, they'll go black. They'll, they'll actually cut him off because he's no longer staying on the script. Now, when did and they he, say that? Uh, in a conversation with Joe Lockhart on Twitter. they were. Yeah, I, I, I have not seen that officially yet. That may be something that somebody is pining for. Uh, but I do think we have a problem with censorship in this country by omission and commission. And when it comes to our so-called free press, I don't think it's very free at all. But I don't believe that's the official position yet. We've been keeping an eye on this. All right. Thanks, Jeff. We'll be right back. Sitting a few minutes a day can increase your IQ. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now. 877-381-3811. You know, we do something a little differently here than not all, but most of the hosts. We take our time with subjects. I'm under no time constraint. I mean, there's three hours and so forth. And not all of it is, uh, is commercial free. What I'm saying is sometimes you need to take your time and not bounce around like a uh, bouncing ball from subject to subject to subject to subject. What I try to do, it's not always possible, is find a common thread. And so you have to really prepare for a program like this, which is, I think, very important for you. I mean, any monkey can come on the air and just... Uh, go from website to website or subject to subject and race through them. I just don't believe in that. You know, the holidays may be gone, but not that sagging jawline and double chin. Now you can just make them disappear. Introducing the brand new Genesel jawline treatment with dual peptide and MDL technology. Chaminade's most advanced technology ever. Not only tightens saggy jawlines, but it also plumps the lipophilic layers of your skin, to contour and define the jawline within minutes. Now, using peptides and metal lactones together for the first time, it works amazingly fast, and the results get better every day. And right now, Chaminade has extended their holiday sale. That's right. The revolutionary Genesel jawline treatment is yours absolutely free when you order the Genesel for under-eye bags and puffiness. And for results in 12 hours, Genesel's immediate effects is also free, when you call or click now, call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or go to Genesel.com. And this year, begin this year like you ended last year, on a high note, with beautiful skin, no bags and puffiness, and a tighter, higher jawline. Call or click now, 800-SKIN-604, or Genesel.com. That's 800-SKIN-604, or Genesel.com. Risk-free. You have nothing to lose. 
All right, let's see who else is out there. I'm pulling up my call screen. Here we go. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, let us go to Charlie, Morristown, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Hey, Mark, it's an honor to speak with you, sir. Thank you. So uh, I've been listening to all the the Democratic pundits, as I'm sure you have, but many of them have been coming out and advocating for... uh, a technological solution to border security, you know, such as drones and sensors and so on. And thought I had is that maybe they're uh, proposing that because all that stuff can be easily shut off. I mean, you compare that to a border wall where once you put the wall in, it's there for decades and it's pretty hard to dismantle it. Well, I don't think there's a button you push and you shut them all off. Here's the problem with drones and sensors. I'm all for drones and sensors. But I'm also for physical barriers. That would be like having no doors and windows in your home, but having an alarm system. The hell good is that going to do? And like I said before, our numbers are overwhelmed. That is, maybe we'll have at any given time uh, 5,000 Border Patrol agents over a 2,000-mile span. Meanwhile, there's at any given time thousands and thousands of illegal aliens approaching the uh, the border, you can't catch them all. You can't catch most of them. You can catch a percentage of them. Now, well, how do we know this? Because it's happening right now. The Border Patrol is asking for the wall. They're asking for physical barriers. It's Nancy Pelosi and her, uh, you know, gaggle of left-wing kooks and insane ideologues who are saying no. Now, who are we going to believe? The Border Patrol and our own eyes or Nancy Pelosi, who lies for a living. All right, Charlie. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Let us go to Oscar, Queens, New York. Again, that great WABC where, unfortunately, Mayor uh, DeCamio is. Go right ahead. Hey, good evening, Mark. Yes. Just a very, very quick and to the point comment. I think that the biggest challenge is the soundbite world that we're living in. The Democrats have some very good soundbites. People don't really think about what's going on. They don't analyze it the way you do in the show. And I think our president needs a good soundbite. No, I, I don't. I think the problem is the daily drumbeat of a progressively ideolog- ideological media that's in bed with the Democrat agenda. I don't think a soundbite can overcome that. I think this is a relentless assault on, uh, on our founding principles. I think that the media has become uh, polluted with the same progressive ideology as academia, as uh, Hollywood and so much of entertainment and the culture, uh, the Democrat Party, and I think the media is now part of it. I just want to suggest a soundbite. Okay. In conjunction with everything else, the Democrats are the party of off-the-wall hypocrites. Okay, I don't think that's going to change a whole lot, though. Maybe we call the border the... Schumer Pelosi open border. How's that? No, no, no. Yeah. Thanks for your call. Guys, I don't want to argue over a fortune cookie soundbite. I know you're committed to this. You're wedded to it. And that's the way it is. Soundbite's not going to fix a damn thing. Andrew, Stanhope, New Jersey. Go right ahead. Quick, I just want to throw in, as far as the border security, my wife's here legally. She's a legal immigrant. He followed the rules that is the right way. So illegal immigrant gration is totally unfair to those who waited and who are waiting. And I wanted to uh, just add 
Yeah, and climate change was my the reason why I called. We should actually be in the United States held up and praised. We have met the uh, emission standards. We have lower pollution than China and India. If they really care, they would be focusing on China and India and the other countries that went to the Paris Accord. Yeah, the problem is they can't do anything about China and India. China will tell them to take a you-know-what, and India could care less, too. They're trying to feed their people. And they can't keep up with our technology. We have uh, responsible industries. We really do. We have um, responsible individuals who do not want dirty water and dirty air, despite what the hard left says about our capitalists. Uh, the environmentalists don't protect anything. It's the capitalists who protect everything. They're the ones who generate the wealth. They're the ones who uh, generate the technology. They're the ones who, uh, who execute and put in place what needs to be put in place. While the, uh, while the environmentalists, for the most part, are uh, marching, parading, complaining, and protesting. We have federal, state laws, city laws. And the climate accord in Paris, a lot of the nations that went and participated said, okay, well, we'll agree that we'll think about or we'll make an effort to lower our emissions. They didn't actually sign a contract or agree. No, but it's even worse than that. China was allowed to increase its emissions. That's insane, because their economy's booming. Why should they, you know... Their economy's not booming right now, and I'm I'm thrilled the president is uh, hammering their economy. I don't believe in hammering our allies, but China's not an ally. China is an absolute enemy. Enemy, in every respect. So uh, I think with the president... Thanks for your call. We can't talk over each other. And I was having trouble hearing him anyway. Mark, Vero Beach, Florida, on the Mark Levin app. Go right ahead. Mr. Levin, thanks for taking my call. Excellent presentation. It's really interesting how we want to get back to saying things that really are the way they are, like, for instance, illegal immigrants instead of something else, or things like sanctuary city, I really think should be called outlaw cities or scofflaw cities. All right. Thank you for your input. Did I put out a request for names for cities and stuff? I don't think so. Or taglines for the border. Where's all this coming from? I just don't think it's going to make a difference. You know, we need muscle. We need, we need power. We need the president to do exactly what he's going to do. And what do you do after you do the little sound? We'll call them outlaw cities. Well, you're not going to convince a single person who's on our side that they're not outlaw cities and a single person who's on the other side that they are outlaw cities. So I'm not sure where we get with this stuff. So please don't call with ideas. I'm not interested. I'm not trying to be rude, but it's just, it's, it's, it's a waste of time. Janet, Oyster Bay, New York, WABC. Go right ahead. Um, hello, Mark. It's, hello. It's great to speak with you. Thank you. I just want to tell you that at Christmas, uh, number one, I have seven nephews. Wow. All under 30, all work since they were able to work, since like Mm -hmm. 14, college educated, have great jobs. That's wonderful. Conservative. Uh, For Christmas, I bought them your book off Amazon and one for myself. And I've got to say, all of them, when they saw it, you thought I gave them a million dollars. They just loved receiving that as a gift. Rediscovering Americanism? Yes. That wow. Book. Thank you. And um, I, I just thought I'd pass that along, that they, when they opened it, I, 
they were just thrilled to get that as a gift. And I want to thank you for writing it. I got one for myself also. I haven't started reading it yet, but uh, now that the Christmas rush is over. Well, Janet, that book takes time to read, but it's a very, very, very important book. It might be the most important book I've written of all the books. And I'm not hawking it because one book, you know, is one book. But I'm just saying that that book, uh, if you take your time and read that book, whether it takes three weeks or three months or eight months, you'll know more about what we're confronting. You'll know more about the good versus the bad. You'll know more about liberty and ideology and progressivism and capitalism than you ever thought you would know. It's uh, it's really a book that's very dense with uh, information that I think uh, will be very, very useful to you and all your your nephews. And I want to... Th- oh, hold on, are you still there, Janet? Yes, I am. Mr. Producer, send her a copy of... Do we still have a Liberty and Tyranny? Of Liberty and Tyranny. Thank you, Janet. Don't hang up. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin'. How comfortable are you with technology that tracks your car, your cell phone, where you use your bank or your credit card? Technology is great, but not so much if you owe money to the Internal Revenue Service. Word is out that the IRS and their army of tax collectors have access to sophisticated data analytics, underscore sophisticated. The IRS, well, maybe they haven't caught up with you yet. Or even if they're already sending you letters threatening collection action, Optima Tax Relief can help you. Optima can help stop the demand letters, stop aggressive collections actions, and stop that army of tax collectors with technology from targeting you. Optima has resolved over half a billion dollars in tax debt for their clients, and they're experts in IRS Fresh Start Initiative. Call now and take the first step towards ending your IRS nightmare. Call for your free consult while you still have options, because they will run out, and tomorrow may be too late. Call 800-499-6300, 800-499-6300, You know what nobody's talking about? And my buddy Jed Babin at the American Spectator points out, the Obama administration and the Democrats got away with one of the greatest cover-ups of one of the worst scandals in American history. All the investigative activity going on by the House Judiciary Committee, (coughs) excuse me, the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee and the House Intelligence Committee of the Obama-era Intelligence Committees, the Obama-era FBI, the Obama-era Department of Justice are over. They're done. The bureaucrats at the highest levels of the FBI, DOJ, and these intelligence agencies, with the help of the Democrats, stonewalled, 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 and they succeeded in many respects. In many respects. We still don't know today who was unmasking the names of American citizens and who leaked Lieutenant General Michael Flynn's name to the media. 
We still have sketchy information about the FISA applications, we the people. Sketchy information. And we have almost no information about the flow of knowledge that absolutely had to exist between the White House and these various agencies. It's not possible that the President of the United States and the people around him, Susan Rice, among others, weren't informed of the initial FISA application and other activities that were taking place. And so they never got to the bottom of it. The stonewalling took place. The Democrats stonewalled. The media threw in with the Democrats. You know, never seen anything like this. And so what was really the greatest scandal in modern American history, the use of domestic agencies, law enforcement, intelligence, to place at least one spy in the Trump campaign, to file uh, misleading applications for warrant and warrant extensions with the FISA court, with the judges doing nothing after the fact to hold the perpetrators of the false information in contempt. Fusion GPS got away with undermining our process. A foreign agent, former British spy, got away with undermining our system. Jim Comey got away with undermining our system. And who knows how many others. And the criminal investigation started because Chuck Schumer demanded it and Ron Rosenstein is a coward. And it still goes on this day. And the Democrats sitting back saying, you know, well, we're going to wait for Mueller and his report because they must know something that we don't know. They must have been tipped off maybe by Andrew Weissman or somebody else who was a Hillary Clinton sycophant about what Mueller's up to. Because they keep saying, let's wait for the Mueller report. Let's wait for the Mueller report. I think they're working hand in glove. I think they know more than they let on. And they also know the personalities and the backgrounds of most of the individuals working on that investigation, which in and of itself is corrupt. And so they sit back and say, well, let's see what Mueller comes up with, like he's some kind of god. He's a hack. He hired hacks. He's a prosecutor, a single prosecutor. He hasn't been checked, hasn't been balanced. Nothing he says in this report will have been dealt with about the president in any kind of due process mode, but we know what they think about due process given the Kavanaugh hearings. But I'm suspecting great, uh, very much, and I'm very suspicious, that the Democrats are aware of at least some of the things Mueller's going to say about Trump. They're sitting back. We're not going to take impeachment off the table. We're going to wait for the report. They're putting an awful lot on that report. Ladies and gentlemen, 
We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, all of you heroes out there. I want to thank all of you in my audience, all you Levinites, for being so wonderful and loyal. And I'm very blessed to have you out there. I will see you tomorrow. God bless.